Hello, and welcome to Women Developing Brilliance. I'm your host, Casey Rossi. It's my great pleasure to present interesting stories of creative women sharing their message and lighting up the world with their presence and offerings. Get ready to be inspired. You can learn more about creating a business that you love by visiting kcrossi.com. Enjoy! My guest today is Valera Wilson. She is a speaker, author, and coach who helps ambitious women lead with confidence in their career, relationships, and everyday life. She has spent over 15 years leading marketing strategies and driving millions in revenue for Fortune 100 and 500 brands. Her upcoming book, You're Absolutely Worth It, gives women the fiery inspiration and practical advice to help them push through the fear, say yes to themselves, and approach life with greater confidence. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, Valera. Welcome to the show. Hello, and thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. My pleasure. I'm excited too because we're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics, which is success strategies for ambitious female entrepreneurs. So I'm all about it. I can't wait to hear from your two plus decades of wisdom. So let's dive in. How did you get interested in women empowerment and leadership? Well, that is a long journey. It's pretty much been a lifelong journey and it's evolved from my own personal experiences, both in my personal life and my professional life. And I started to really see how really it wasn't just me. I, I, you know, I struggled with confidence and I struggled with really my identity and really figuring out who was I and what was I worth for a really long time. And I thought it was me. I thought it was because of where I come from, my own background. And then I started to notice that I was meeting a lot of women from, you know, female founders to corporate execs to you name it from different walks of life that looked nothing like me or that looked like me and started to hear similar feelings. Those, those, I call them the swirling internal chatter that we have sometimes. And it was that question of whether we were enough. And so I really started to feel this sense of, of purpose and passion around helping other women as I continue to unravel my own beliefs about myself. Um, to help them lead with ambition and lead with confidence um, in their lives. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What do you think was a defining turning point for you having that experience and then being like, you know what, bam, what was the fork in the road? Gosh, a a couple of, of times. So in my personal life, it really was, you know, as I started to you know, really go through my dating experience and start to look at who was I picking? What, why was I picking? I started to look at what was I settling for, honestly. And, and I started to really challenge myself and say, why are you settling for that? And so I began to really just evaluate my own decision-making process. I started to really ask myself what I really wanted. And then I started to challenge myself to, to, to ask for exactly those things in my dating life first. And that was, you know, definitely a turning point. It really was. And, you know, eventually I was able to meet my husband um, eight years ago, actually, in a couple of weeks. Wow. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Uh, and it really started to help me understand how once I defined what I was worth and what I was willing to accept or not accept, things started to shift for me. And the reason why I knew that was after I, I got married, 
my stylist who, you know, as women, our stylist knows everything about us, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so she said, you know, she said, I was watching you as you were dating and you were coming in the salon and you were talking to me about the people that you were dating. You were saying, nope, not him because this isn't this. And she was like, you were just so quick on it. And, and I thought, wow. And she's like, I learned a lot watching you. And so I thought, oh, wow. Okay. And sure enough, and I started to really go back and evaluate, and I had done that in my personal life. And so I think that was the turning point for me to find my worth in my personal life. Then in my professional life, when it started to, I started to see how I was making decisions about salary and going back and asking for more, or I started to see how I was um, asking for that promotion and really being just saying, hey, I believe that I deserve this or that it's my time for these reasons. So those are probably Mm -hmm. like my biggest turning points is just saying, no, putting a stake in the ground, say I'm worth this. I know. I love that. And I feel like they very much dovetail with one another. And I think the cool thing is that we're always learning lessons from our life and they overlay onto our professional you know, career as well. And like they say, as we do one thing in life, we do everything in life that way. Like we just have a certain pattern or strategy or routine that we keep repeating. So I'm not surprised that when you put the line in the sand in your personal life, that all of a sudden you stepped into your power and started asking for more. I know that you help teach women how to cultivate the confidence to command what they're worth. What's a success story that you've had, maybe a before and after of someone that you've helped um, really step into her power and use her voice, maybe with a negotiating skill or something else? Sure. So a few that come to mind immediately as I was working with one woman who really um, was struggling through the interview process, for example, and she was always saying how she was so nervous or she was tentative. And it, and I really started to get the sense of, hmm, well, how are you approaching the interviews? And as we talked about how she was approaching the interviews, I started to help her see herself from a position of not just going in there and being in, and needing to beg for the job or, or being, you know, um, it being a one-sided benefit, like that they were getting something or she needed to be excited about it, but she didn't bring value herself. And so as I started to talk to her through that process and really help her shift some mindsets, she came back to me and she says, you know what? I never looked at the interview as from a place of power. She said, I never looked at it that way. She said, thank you so much for helping me to see it as I'm not just getting a benefit. They're getting a benefit too when I walk in the door. So I should sit in that seat as if they're getting a benefit too. Yeah, that flipping the script, it's all about perspective. And honestly, confidence is one of the most attractive things in any deal, whether you're looking for a job, whether you're trying to land a client, if you're a solopreneur listening to this, it's the confidence factor that brings people into your sphere. One of the things I want to circle back to, because you talked about identity and self-worth, and I think that when we peel back the layers, so many of the impetuses to those swirling mind thoughts that you referenced come down to worth. And I'm just wondering if you have a tip, and I know that this is a long game, this isn't like a magic bullet, but do you have a tip or a strategy for people that are struggling with identity and enoughness? Yes. Um, I think sometimes what I've found is that our, our identity 
in our feeling of being enough. That's you bring, you said the word that I like to use, our enoughness. I actually wrote that in my book. Um, is that at times we're basing it off of where we think we should be or are of someone else. So we're basing it off of, well, I'll be confident or I'll feel like I'm enough when, or I'll feel like I'm enough when I get this job or when I get this out or when I have this type of education or when I have, when I can walk in the room and have the same caliber as this person, there's always this comparison to some degree. And we don't realize it's there, but we have in our heads this, this idea of where we should be or what we should be doing or how we should come across in order to have enoughness. And I love the word because it's so true. That's the word, but the reality, and I always say this definition is that confidence is not based on some elusive state of perfection. It's, it's a dangerous thing to, to, to lean on that perfection in order to have confidence. It's the confidence is today. It's now in the imperfections. It's saying that I am good. I am enough where I am. No, I'm not perfect. I'll never be perfect. But what the value that I bring today is enough for where I am. And I bring value wherever I go. What I don't know, I will continue to learn. That's called life and learning. But I do not have to discount my worth because I haven't learned something else yet. That's really at the crux of it all, what I, I really lean on. It's not perfection. It's today I bring value. Yes, for example, in our careers or even our business. Sure, maybe you just started out in your career in your business. That's fine. But you've done something up until this point to get you to just that beginning stage of being in your career or your, your, your business. Own that stage with confidence. People will gravitate towards it. And then from there, continue to learn. That's it. Because someone else has been in business for 10 years. You can't compare to that person and say you're not enough because you're not there. That's unfair yes. to you. It is. That's such a good point on so many levels. And I think we do get into that comparison mode to the point where I think it stalls any type of action because you are always feeling less than because like you said, it could be somebody's chapter down the road and you're just at the starting point. I've been watching Tyra Banks um, top model reruns and I love her quote that she says that perfection is boring. And it really is. And the other thing about that is even if you're brand new and you're just a startup or you're even in a conception stage, you still bring your personality, your unique soul and your effervescence to the table, which to me, most of the time trumps a skill set. You know, I would rather be around a table of really bright um, women that are focused on positive psychology that have a spiritual core than somebody that has umpteen degrees. You know what I mean? With a stick up their butt. Like, honestly, I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's like, I think we discount the actual um, essence that we bring to the table and we're looking at it in a piece of paper, a degree or an arbitrary figure And I think that that can absolutely tank our confidence as well. Talk to me a little bit about the gap when women try to price themselves or negotiate for higher rates. Do you think that it stems from enoughness, number one? And number two, how can they step in? Because this all sounds great. And it's like people have heard similar things, but how can they embody it? Like, how do they step into it now and be like, okay, if she can do what I can do it, now's my time, line in the sand, I'm going for it. 
Sure, that's great. That's a great question. Um, there's a balance between the short-term um, approach and a long-term strategy. I always say that sometimes, yes, you do and you may have seasons where you need to not even discount, but you need to maybe because you see the long-term gain on a particular client or you're maybe you're trying to get a certain number of clients up front right now that maybe you discount your rate short-term. But that's not a long-term strategy. It shouldn't be always discounting, discounting, discounting. Even department stores have sales, right, for a certain period of time, right? It's to bring you in, get you hooked, and then uh, sell you the higher things later on, right? So mm-hmm. it's it's a strategy. And I'm a marketing nerd by heart. I've been in marketing for almost 20 years. So I get it. That's what you can do. But it's to the degree that that's how you live your life becomes a problem. So in terms of the approach, the question becomes, have you done your research? right? Have you done your research? It's market research one-on-one. It becomes a question of, have you looked at, you know, if you're going in for a position, what does that position command? And it's not based on what your previous salary was. It's what does that position command today in your market, based on the cost of living, based on your skill sets, based on your years of experience, what does it command? I find that oftentimes our confidence, our lack thereof comes from the lack of information and lack of, of internal um, evaluation or valuation. So if you can knock off one of those things, if you get the information, both whether in your career or in your business of what the rates are that you should be asking for, go for it. You can say, no, I'm asking for this rate because this is industry rate. This is market rate, right? Um, and not feel like you're overselling, right? Sure. That's the one thing. And then I think from there is that the internal work is saying, hey, I always say this, detach it from what am I worth at times, because sometimes that gets us a little stuck and it's scary. No, say I am asking for this price because this is the market rate based on, based on someone who has my skill sets and my experience. Disassociate it for a minute and say, no, this is market rate. I think that that helps a lot when you separate yourself because uh, I work with a lot of coaches and I think sometimes when I think to myself or sometimes I'll even ask the question, if you were coaching your client, what would you tell her? Because it's so much easier to see her beauty, her grace, her worth and, and to coach her on price on value, not dollar per hour. And I think a lot of times where people get stuck in the solopreneur vein is the fact that a lot of the prices are not listed on the website. You have to book a discovery call or a clarity call or a strategy session to understand what those rates are. So it's not as easy as going to like salary.com and getting like a median average for X position. And I think in that they tailspin because there is that fear. And again, that filter comes through of, oh gosh, I don't want my community to think I'm gouging, or I don't want to come across as who do you think you are? We have that complex many times as women is like, oh, if I do this, people are going to look at me like that. So I'm a huge fan of pricing on value. So I think the you really hit the nail on the head in the beginning at the confidence level. And when you understand your enoughness, it doesn't matter now what your competition is. It doesn't matter what the internet number says. I feel like that's almost a, a bar that we compare to just as much as we compare to other people's journeys. And so I know that you help people dissolve limiting beliefs. And one of those limiting beliefs is I'm not enough. So to me, it's like the mindset work, the foundation work is what gives you that power and that confidence. Would you, would you agree? I know that that's a big part of your work is the mindset. Oh, absolutely. That's the second half of it, right? I just say information and 
and an internal valuation, what you value yourself fast. So in situations, yes, where you have the information that you can't access, great. In situations where you can't, it's it's testing and measuring, right? It's I mean that's that is the that's marketing, right? Um, and look at it, because I look at it from a business perspective too, right? So you look at your 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 audience and your target audience, and then yes, you set a rate that you believe based on your value, factoring in your hours and your what you have to you know your expenditures, whatever that is, and you say this is my rate, and people have a choice to opt out or say yes, that works. But I think once you start to think of valuation, and here's what I'm bringing you, um, you start to start to see, okay, well, no, this is this is right. And then I think as long as you're delivering a, pro- a quality product or service, then I don't think there's an issue. But that's, again, yeah. market testing. You'll start to figure that out over time. Absolutely. You have to test and measure. I love that you brought in that. I mean, it's really, it, it there is a back-end analytics to what we're doing. It's not just like, throwing things against the wall. And so I I love that aspect that you're bringing in, testing and measuring and really understanding our target audience. And and that's so very valuable. Did you ever just wish there was a group of high vibe women entrepreneurs that you could hang out with? A place where you could share your wins, get a biz question asked and be around people that just get you. Well, there is my friend. It's my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group. I created a place on the web where like minds and open hearts could continue the conversations that we start here on the podcast. Fulfill your desire to develop friendships with women from around the globe, women who are on the solopreneur journey just like you. Now more than ever, we are craving authentic connections. Believe me, your voice matters, your work matters, and having the support of a close-knit community can make all the difference in the world. So head over to Facebook and go to facebook.com slash groups slash Women Developing Brilliance and request to join my private Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group, the gathering place for heart-centered female entrepreneurs looking to create an impact, increase their income, and connect deeply with themselves and others in the process. I can't wait to welcome you in my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group, where you'll be encouraged to introduce yourself, ask a question, and meet other ambitious lightworkers just like you. Again, it's facebook.com slash groups slash women developing brilliance. I'll catch you there. What do you think makes a great strategic thinker? Gosh, um, that's a big question. I think that a strategic thinker is one that could, if I were to say strategy, it's strategy is really thinking about long-term, where am I trying to go? And someone that can see the vision ahead and maybe not even see all the steps to get there, but see, okay, this is where I need to go. And then also someone that can look at it from different angles, some different perspectives. I think that's huge. That's really, really important. Can you look at your business from different perspectives, from the the consumer's perspective, from your perspective, from the market perspective, and really figure out where do you fit? What services and values can you you, um, coin or position yourself as? And then also think about where are you trying to go long-term potentially? And then from there, start to think about, well, what do I need to get there? But starting to think outside the box as well is, is important. 
Yeah, I love that. Really having that overall vision, like you said, and then almost reverse engineering, right? What are the steps I need to do to cross that finish line? That's so important. And I think especially now in today's climate where we're inundated, like the internet was noisy before, but it's ultra noisy now with the global pandemic, et cetera. So it's so important to just have like a, like a map because otherwise you could swirl out for hours and be like, wait, what was I doing? You know, like, why did I open that tab? <laughs> you know, like, oh, yes, you could. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's so easy. I mean, it's like, I try to stay really focused, but even at times I'm just like, I think I've been in Canva for a really long time. Like, I really think I can like move on now. Cause it doesn't really matter what that tone is or what that font looks like. It's bringing me right. no money. Like, it's just so interesting. You bring up I know that, <laughs> yeah, I know that you, um, have a book coming out soon. When is it due to launch? September 29th, 2020. Oh, wow. Good for you. Well, first off, congratulations, because I know putting your heart and soul into something is absolutely huge. Is this your first publication? It is my first official manuscript. Yes, I'm excited. (laughs) That's amazing. So I love the name. You're absolutely worth it. It totally is your message, your brand. Um, Own your yes. I can't wait for it to come out. I'll definitely share the link in the show notes so people can get their hands on a copy, but I would love it if you could share one big idea from that beautiful like work of art that you've created. Sure. So the big idea is that oftentimes we are, we're very ambitious, wildly ambitious women um, with a lot of dreams and goals, but oftentimes again, that internal, internal chatter of, am I enough? Can I really ask for that? Will I be successful? Oftentimes can short circuit our, our pursuit of our dreams and keep us, you know, in a passive position versus an active one. And so in the book, I really walk through the root causes of the reasons are the sources of our hesitation, our limiting beliefs oftentimes, because a lot of times what, you know, it might be, oh, you you keep swirling around on that business plan, or you're swirling around on asking for that promotion, or you're terrified to ask for more money, but there's a root cause. There's a why. And so the big idea is really looking at the reasons why, starting at the root, and then starting to look at some of the the ways to counteract some of those limiting beliefs with some affirming, powerful, keep it real truths about yourself. Uh, I like to call it the the sisterly sit down session. Um, you know, I we like all that. have that good friend who says when we start to get down on ourselves and start to talk ourselves out of things, she's like, no, listen, you are this and you can do that and you will do this because I believe in you. That's really what the book's, the heart and tone of the book is about is that, mm. you know what, it, this book is really designed to help women push past the fear, say yes to themselves and show up with a greater level of confidence regardless of where they've come from and most importantly, where they want to go. I love it. I love that like sisterly chat session. We all need a good talking to. We really do. And, you know, it's something that I think we need often. I really, I think we need to like take ourselves to school, like on a, on a multiple (laughs) basis because we forget We forget. And I think that for decades, when we've had those other negative tapes playing, which whether they're coming from society or upbringing or our own negative self-talk, it takes a lot of reconditioning to like fill in those grooves and change the neural pathways. So I do think we need a talking to (laughs) more often than maybe we, we give ourselves. So I really like that sisterly chat 
um, idea. How often do you think we need to kind of like pump up the jam and, and realign our, our attitudes and, and just like ignite that passion inside ourselves again of like, wait a second. Yeah. I've got a lot to offer. How often do you think we should, um, tune into that? I mean, it's purely subjective, but it's totally, it could be daily. It could be weekly. It could be monthly. I think you mentioned the point of there's so long we've been playing certain tapes, certain reels of, of messages that aren't positive, aren't good. And so it takes time to unravel those messages and to put in something good. And so I liken it. I, you know, I've had people read advanced digital copies of the book. And I had one woman tell me, she says, I'm going to read this book again when I get ready to go for my next promotion. And so I think it's to me, if, if I were to say pivotal times to read the book, I think it was like, it's kind of like the, the book in your back pocket that you pull out when you need to pep yourself up before you go charge your rates for your business, right? Ask for that new client's business or go ask for that promotion or that, that job or whatever it is that's really got you nervous and you're not quite sure about yourself at that moment. I think that's when you pull the book out again and just pep yourself up. I love that. I love that it's a simple resource that's like a bestie in your back pocket when you need that pep talk (laughs) and you're like, I can do it. I can do it. She says I can. I'm feeling it. Like, that's awesome. I love it. What lights you up the most in the work that you do? I'm a huge um, believer and follower of passion and enthusiasm. So what lights you up the most? What lights me up the most is when I hear or I see a woman who was unsure before and when I can hear the confidence and the language shift in, in what she says about herself or what she's going to go after, that's that's just the joy for me. It's for mm-hmm. a woman to break through her own beliefs that limited her before and pursue something that she's passionate about relentlessly or owns her voice, is not afraid to use it anymore. That just mm-hmm. that just lights me up. Best. It's the best. It's total transformation. And one of the things I find when we cross those barriers, I know for myself and when I also see clients and other women that have gone through transformative healing, really, it's it's a change in perspective and healing. They don't really go backwards. It's like the minute they bust through that, it is like the chicken hatching from the egg. And it's just like, hi, world, I'm here. You're going to see me. You're going to hear me. I deserve to take up space and they usually don't retreat back. So that is so very exciting. And and back to the worth, that is priceless. Like you absolutely can't put a fee on that. It is priceless. You've just changed that woman's life and she's going to now inspire and ignite everybody else in her circle, which is like so exciting. Yes. It's like a little wildfire, right? A little brush fire. It is. It is. It is. Oh, it's very powerful. Um, what do you have on the docket for 2021? Is it too soon to be thinking about that? I know that we still have a quarter left of this year, but I'm always curious with really ambitious, high-driven females. Like we're always looking ahead, right? We're always thinking about next year. So can you share something that you have on the docket for 2021? Sure. So definitely, I mean, this year kind of suffocated a lot of the speaking opportunities or, you know, traveling, doing that. So definitely that's where I see more of my time is really pushing the message out to different entities about worth, because there's so many women that are impacted with that message, both on the corporate level, both, you know, even in the the nonprofit sector. So really, really both in the collegiate or or university level. So really, really um, partnering with a lot of organizations to further that message through different speaking opportunities. 
That's awesome. I know a lot of professional speakers listen to this podcast and it was a year for the pivot, no doubt. Also on that same point is the um, highlight or the underscore to diversify our offerings because I think that people that were really just honing in on speaking as their one and only, they had a rude awakening this year when all of a sudden the rug was pulled out. So um, I would love it if you could share a tip on your personal experience for pivoting because of that in the um, professional speaking arena. (laughs) Great. Uh, Great one. Well, I think, you know, the great thing about today is that we have technology. And so even as you and I are here on a, on a zoom, right. um, This podcast is still happening. And so I think the one thing that I learned that I actually, it actually worked in my favor, honestly, if I were to look at is that when the pandemic hit, I was nervous about, well, do I launch the book? You know, I can't do the, the tour, et cetera. And I started to realize, wait a minute, we have a global world. We're connected by technology. And how awesome is it that I get to be at home, sleep in my bed every night and still travel the world and launch my book. And so I've had interviews around the world. Um, I have uh, events around the world as part of the book tour, but I'm still at home. And so I think we get an opportunity when you look at something at a different perspective, as you mentioned, look at it and leverage the opportunities that people still are going to connect. We still want to connect. It looks different, but there's still an opportunity there. And so when I started to look at that, I started to maximize it for what it was worth. That is amazing. And it's really just a true testament, Valera, to your leadership and resilience. So I love that you shared that because we can all tweak and pivot. And really, when we flip the script and look at it of like, how can this serve me? How do I maximize this opportunity? What can I enjoy? Like, I actually can enjoy X, Y, and Z that I didn't have before. Like, it does really change everything. And a lot of times, you might find that you're even happier Yes, I am definitely. I think, you know, looking at this book tour and I, again, you know, usually it's every, you know, every week you're maybe in a different city or you're traveling around and you're on plane. None of that has to happen now. I get to, I get to be at home. I get to talk to people globally. I get to connect with people globally that are passionate about the message. And I still, nothing's really changing for that respect. So, and then there's always a phase two. I think sometimes when we're so committed to one way, sometimes we get stuck in what isn't happening versus looking at what is happening and could happen right now. And then what we could do later on. Um, products do this all the time. You know, I come from a, a huge product launch background. You launch a product one day, but it still has to roll out over the years. So you got to have a, a whole plan and strategy. So this is just phase one. There's a phase two and phase three for sure. Absolutely. It's a layered process. And one of the things I noticed when you were mentioning, I get to this and I get to that, there is such a nuance in language. And I think that this is also a testament to positive psychology and leadership. Just a switch from I've got to, to I get to is a game changer. So I could already pick that up in some of your languaging. So I love that we're on the same page. So yeah, we get to do all these things. And I love the fact that you talked about the world being like this, this global place. We're all still wanting to connect and that you can still reach people worldwide and globally um, and still have that impact that we're all desiring to do. You know, most of the people 
are wanting to make a change, have a positive ripple effect. So we get to do it in a new way and be open to look at it in different perspectives, like you alluded to before with visioning and things of that nature. So this has been such a pleasure. Um, If you wanted to leave our audience with a final bright light wisdom, what would it be? This too shall pass. We're in a season of unprecedented, unexpected changes and things have hit us in unexpected ways, but this will pass and that whatever dreams that you've had that maybe you feel like are deferred or canceled, that's just a moment in time. It will change. Keep the vision because whatever you're pursuing and whatever it is that you really want, you are absolutely worth that. Beautiful. I know that that's going to console a lot of hearts and a lot of listeners. So thank you for sharing that. How can people get a hold of you and your new book? Sure. So I'm across all social channels, Twitter, (laughs) um, Instagram, Facebook, um, at A Positive ID. And my book is on Amazon uh, at uh, You're Absolutely Worth It by Valera Wilson. Awesome, Valera. I'll make sure to put the links in the show notes. And until we meet again, my friend, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. I appreciate the time. Thank Thank you. you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode on women developing brilliance. If so, head on over to Apple iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. And I'd be grateful if you could leave a review or rating so more people can benefit from these inspirational stories about the solopreneur journey. Thank you.